Hey everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm so excited that you've decided to listen to this episode of the Learner's Corner Podcast. I have a great guest for you today. My guest is Adam Weber, who has recently authored a newly released book, Love Has a Name, Learning to Love the Different, the Difficult, and Everyone Else. And if you're not familiar with Adam, you're about to become really familiar with him and just what a great guy he is. He is the founder and lead pastor of Embrace, which is a multi-site church based out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He has also authored the book, Talking With God, and hosts a podcast called The Conversation. And as you can see, or as you're going to find out, Adam is just such a great guy. I absolutely love talking about this conversation. This idea that we talk about whenever it comes to loving everybody is something that I've just been wrestling with myself and trying to figure out what that looks like. And I know that Adam helped me figure out, you know, just just in a more tangible way of kind of what that can look like. And so we're going to jump into that conversation here in just a second. But before that happens, I do want to let you know that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. If you have any audio or video needs, be sure to hit him up on his, uh, I was almost said podcast, podcast, he doesn't have a podcast, but he does have an Instagram handle and you can reach him at Sam Massey 77. And without any further wait, here is my conversation with Adam Weber. Adam, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about your book, Love Has a Name, which is out now by the time that this podcast is out. And just super excited to be joining you today. Uh, it's, a, it's a two-way street, Caleb. Honored to connect with you, to be on your podcast, even before recording, to hear more about your story. It's been a gift. Yeah. And just as we get started, I, I absolutely, anytime that someone creates uh, a work of art or writes a book, I love hearing the story or the stories that led to making you want to put this in in the written form or a form available to other people. And so just as we're getting started, I would just love to hear what made you want to write this book, Love Has a Name. Yeah. So I still can't believe I've written a book, not to mention two two books. And uh, this was not a far-fetched dream of mine. It's just kind of a crazy how it came together. So I wrote this book uh, coming out of one of the hardest times in my life, to be honest with you. Uh, actually, not one of the hardest, the hardest time of my life. Um, just made, went through a hard leadership season. And for the first time, uh, I struggled to want to love anybody. I, I always tell people I have very few gifts. I have the gift of gab, the gift of joy, and, and just a general love of people. The stranger you are, the more I want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those are my strong suits. And, and really coming out of this, this hard season a couple of years ago, I didn't want to love anybody. And really for the first time needed um, to find out how to love people when I don't want to. I mean, just everybody. I wanted to love my wife and kids, a few close friends, and that's about it. Unfortunately, Jesus says that loving him and loving others is the most important thing. So that's going to be a problem if you don't want to love people. And so I began this journey of just trying to figure out what it looks like and how do I love somebody looking at Jesus and the model that he gives us, and also thinking about all the different people who have loved me. 
so kind of a unique part of the book. Uh, each chapter is the name of a person. It's the names of 27 people. None of them are famous. None of them are verified on Instagram. Um, 27 people who have either loved me or I've tried to love them. And um, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. So I started thinking about all the people who had loved me and then similar people that Jesus loved. And it was, it was, it was pretty crazy how it all came together. Yeah. So take me back to the moment where, like you were just saying, like you realize, hey, I just want to love the people who I'm closest to. But then you run into the, I mean, obviously the commandments of Jesus. And he's like, hey, like, it's like, that's not enough. Like, yeah. you need to literally love everybody as yourself. Like, what happened after you realized that? Like, what, what did the first few days, the couple of weeks look like after that? Yeah. So again, um, I was in just, ex- ex- I just felt extremely hurt and extremely um, broken and jaded. And so I genuinely didn't want to love anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just God really beginning to soften my heart of like, hey, out of my, it was, it was almost like when you're struggling with sin and God's like, I love you right here, but I love you too much to let you stay here. Well, I was in that place when it came to bitterness and resentment and jadedness and pain. And so it's just like, hey, Adam, I love you right here. And I, I'm willing to sit with you right here too, but we can't stay here. Mm-hmm. And so really it began this journey of Jesus carrying me at, at certain points. I mean, if, if anybody listening has been through just extreme pain, whether it's been the loss of a loved one, betrayal, uh, like just hurt, or, or it's been like a death by like a thousand paper cuts where you just get to the place where you're just like, I'm done. I am done. Um, from that place, God just began to move in my life. And really for the first time, again, when it comes to loving people, uh, it was like, God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, I need that because on my own, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And on my own, I just want to go in my own little world, leave and forget everybody else. And it's, it's kind of crazy. So I'm not in that place anymore. Thank God. It's kind of, but, but it's kind of interesting. What I was feeling internally when I wrote the book is what our world feels like right now. You know, like it's like I'm at a great place. I'm back to like talking to random yahoos on the street where our world is like, I want to love my spouse, my kids, a few close friends, and everybody else can mind their business. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's this interesting thing, even culture. Uh, we, we carry banners of love, 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 except anybody who's different than us. <laughs> like love, 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 except you, Republican, Democrat, like you stick to yourself, except you mask wearing person or not mask wearing, you know, not mask wearing person. Like anybody who's different than us, we, we, <laughs> we kind of stiff arm. It's like the Heisman. It's like, <laughs> yeah. instead of loving people are like, ah, oh, cut you. You know, like, oh, that post you just did, cut you. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, like, and, and so it's like, it's so weird. I'm like, man, I never thought, I can't believe the timing that this book releases in a time when our world is like, I want to care for me, people I love, and nobody else. Yeah. And so it's kind of crazy that that's when it releases. Oh, oh yeah. What, what, have, what have you, what have been maybe some of the skills that you picked up during that season that you were talked about that have helped, that have helped you in this season, being able to love other people better? 
Yeah, really, the, I think probably the simplest premise of the book is something changes when you know a person's name. Mm-hmm. Um, something changes about the way you see somebody and how a person sees you when you know their name. And more than just their name, their name kind of represents their story. All of a sudden, the person who disagrees with you, um, they're no longer just like an ignorant person on the other side of you politically. All of a sudden, you hear their name and their story, and you begin to see how they are the person that they are. It's like, oh, man, he's no longer just this nuisance on my Facebook feed. I didn't know that he lost his dad when he was a kid. I didn't know that he's battled cancer. I didn't know that he was abused. Like, all of a sudden, that person who's a loudmouth on Facebook, you begin to feel feelings for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, they're just hurting. That's why they're acting like this. They're hurting. And it doesn't, it doesn't even change the other person. The, the other person is still broken and whatever, but all of a sudden, you begin to care about them. And the same is true when another person knows that you know their name. It makes them feel valued. It gives them worth. Um, all of a sudden, they feel seen. And that's true of a homeless person. It's also true of a famous person. Like when you, when you, when you know, like for, for the homeless person, instead of overlooking them and ignoring them because are they going to ask for money or they're probably drunk or whatever, all of a sudden that person's like, man, that person cares about me. Mm-hmm. And um, they care about me. And that famous person, when you just like know their name and you don't want anything from them, you don't want to use them. You don't, they're not an object to get what you want and get your selfie with them. But when you treat them like a human, all of a sudden they feel valued too. And it's like, ooh, a person sees me. I'll never forget uh, an interview I did. Um, my, I somehow got an interview with an NBA player who was coming back to do a sports camp here. We have very few NBA players, by the way, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> and so uh, when they come, people come out. Well, there was a camp around this person. And so there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people in this auditorium. And the, uh, and, uh, the only person who got a one-on-one interview with them was me. And so um, they did the interview in front of the cameras of all the no- local things. And then his main guy is like, hey, okay, you got five minutes with this guy over here. So we're walking and he's kind of ignoring me. And um, before the interview, I said, would you care and he's not kind of this outspoken Christian, but I'd seen that he kind of knows some pastors. I was like, would you care if I ask you about God? And he went from like kind of whatever, ignoring me to, he like looked at me and he's like, I'd love that. I'd love that. And I said, would you mind if I asked about like your family too? And it, it all this, he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. And we went from, Again, in that moment, it wasn't his name because everybody in the room knew his name, but I felt like I treated him like his name. Like, I see you as a person. I don't want something from you. I just want to be with you. And it was crazy because this guy that was with him the whole time was like, and he kept saying, no, I want to keep talking to this guy. And all all that changed was I saw him as a human with a soul. And so when, when we get to know somebody, again, it changes things. Mm-hmm. And we begin to have compassion for people. They're no longer just a group of ignorant Republicans and Democrats. All of a sudden, it's like, no, that's Matt. And it's Sarah. And it's Reggie. And they're people that I care about. 
It's no longer just people we oppose or nuisances. I mean, when, when we don't know people's names, it's easy. You'll see sweet women give middle fingers in traffic like no one's business. But all of a sudden, you like get to know their name. Very rarely are they just going to look at you in the face and go, you know, sometimes they will. But it's like when you get face to face and all of a sudden it's like, we're human. You, you're a human. I'm a human. My name's Adam. You got a name. I got a story. You got a story. All of a sudden it's like, man, we got a lot more in common. And now I can see the battle wounds that you have. And that's why you're acting like this because you've been treated like that. I'd probably act like that too if I'd been treated like this. And it, it just changes things. Yeah. What, what do you think leads or causes that, like that depersonalization that you were talking about that just causes us not to want to know other people's stories? Uh, I think it's a bunch of different things. Everything from busyness to, um, you know, even right now, we can't necessarily all be in the same room. And so it, it kind of remo- removes the, the human fact of it. Like, I, I almost wonder... Do nine out of nine Americans and human beings who are on Facebook realize that it's actually other human beings on the other side of the screen? You know, it's like we would never say this. Uh, from time to time, we get angry emails at the church here. And um, there was one time I got an email from a person, and I'm like, by reading your email, I swear you are at my house, burning my house down with my family inside of it. You know, you get an email and you're just like, oh my gosh, they are burning not just my house down, the entire neighborhood down. And then I'll never forget with one specific person. I'm just like, they must be, it must be Satan that emailed me. And then you get face to, I got face to face with the person. It was like they turned into an angel. Well, you know, since I wrote that email, I've been, I've been realizing I was maybe being a little dramatic, a little dramatic. You burned my house down through the email. And, uh, all of a sudden, it's just like, I think we m- remove that. We, we throw our hand grenade on social media, our middle finger in traffic where you can't like, you know, it's really awkward when you throw a middle finger up and then you end up at a, at a red light right next to the person. And then all of a sudden, the middle finger goes away, mm-hmm. you know, except if you're completely crazy, uh, then you keep it up and you roll your window <laughs> down and stick it out the window. But like, I, I think it's just the busyness, the, the screens we have instead of faces we have um it's it's just like jadedness i mean we we're just so jaded the world is is falling apart as we speak we're getting updated by how many people are dying on a day and so i need to protect myself and watch out for number one and oh my gosh like it's it's kind of like I need to watch out for me and I can't do anything else. And so I think it's all that come into an head. Political season brings out the Satan inside of all of us. And so, um, and so I think that's kind of the, the long answer. Yeah. What I'm, I'm curious, I want to kind of go back a little bit to your interaction with, with the NBA player, you know, you were able to connect with him on such a human level. And, you know, you've talked about one way of doing that through, through knowing their names. What are some other ways that you've learned that have just really helped connect with people on that deep human level that you were talking about? Just ask how they're doing and actually ask and want to hear the answer. Uh, earlier today, um, I went through Starbucks and, um, the gal kind of was in robot mode. And, um, all I said to her, this was like a 15 second interaction. Um, here's your thing. Um, 
it's 317. And I said, I love your glasses. That's it. I had her. I mean, all, all she in that moment, it's like I said her name. I love your glasses. All of a sudden, she went from robot. This is 317, sir. Get your car moving so we can get the other people who are in the rat race right behind you. Like it went from that mode to her soul turned on. And then I said, and I love your tattoos. And she's like, you got any ink? And I said, no, I'm still waiting for free, pain-free tattoos. And she started laughing. She's like, I don't think you're going to find either of those two things. And I said, I won't. And she said back, you have yourself a lovely day. That's it. There's two humans interacting instead of two robots or two rats on a, on a wheel, a treadmill type thing. And like, that's what we, that's what we were until I just said, I like your glasses. Oh, you're human. You know, it's just the simplest thing. The other day, um, uh, a guy, I was outside a coffee shop. I drink a lot of coffee. Is that okay? Like, I, <laughs> I'm I feel like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, con- I'm confessing my addiction right now. I'm like, all your drinks are always, uh, all your stories are always about drinking coffee. You know, it's like, I see a pattern here, Adam. You might need to get help with that. But the other day, I was at a different coffee shop, downtown Sioux Falls, called Cafea. And this dad had this uh, car seat. And uh, he looked frazzled as I'll get out and he's trying to open the door. And so I looked over at him. I said, you, you need help? And he's like, nah, just trying to make it through the day. And I said, we've all been there. And uh, soul moment. Again, it's just it. That's it all it took. And uh, he, uh, I said, you, you'll be all right. He came back out. I think he had a meeting with something. His wife showed up and they had met with somebody else. Who knows what they were meeting about? But uh, he could have sat anywhere. He picked the chair closest to me and didn't even talk. I got up, and it was just kind of strange. It's, it's strange, and it's not strange. Again, I noticed the human inside of him, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I, I got up, and I said, hey, you have a good day. And he's like, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And I, I said, I've been there before. And you, I said, you're going to be all right. It's one day at a time. You're doing a great job. And a just human moment. You know, it's just the simplest things. The other day, there was a homeless man who was asking for money. And um, everybody's avoiding him. Everybody's avoiding him. And I walk up. And again, he's kind of pestering people like, hey, do you have any money? Do you have any money? Do you have any money? Nobody is engaging the conversation with him. He's engaging with everybody else. Well, I had met him a few days earlier. So I walk up. And instead of avoiding him, I walk right to him. And I'm like, Gary. And you would have swore that I put a light on him and then had a gun look at him because he just could not believe. I was like, Gary, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, how are you doing? And I mean, he was just like, he turned into all the people who were walking by. I was like, who is this guy talking to me? How does he know my name? And I'm like, I don't have any money. But remember the other day I told you I want to buy you lunch? Uh, right now I'm walking with my wife we need to make sure we grab lunch together. Would, would that be okay still? And he's like, yeah, yeah. You know? And it was just like this, I just noticed the human inside of him. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Talk about the role that, uh, that sometimes sacrifice plays whenever it comes to loving other people well. Oof. It involves sacrifice. That's one of the best questions I've gotten, Caleb. Um, it involves getting taken advantage of. It involves money sometimes, 
time sometimes, setting aside our preferences. I'm trying to think of anything else I can list off that the world hates right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it involves all of that. Taking advantage of what? Yeah, if someone uh, hits your cheek, turn the other cheek. What? No. Taking advantage of? What if people don't thank me? Uh, that sounds like unconditional love. What if, what if somebody takes something from me? Well, then give them your code as well. <gasps> How dare they? But I'm going to love anybody. Only people I'm going to love are people who think like me, look like me, vote like me. But that's not love. Even demons can do that. <gasps> well, you, who do you want me to love then? Uh, maybe your enemy? You know, like... And if as I'm just I'm talking to the followers of Jesus here, if it doesn't cost you time, energy, resources, frustration, if you've never been taken advantage of in this area of your life, which again is the most important thing, you don't look like Jesus. But I know all the Bible answers. Who cares? <laughs> like, but I I serve on church boards. Okay, uh, I'll, we, we hand out gold stars next week, so I'm sorry. You don't, but I, 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 we never miss church, and I worship with my hands on the air. By the way, I do, I do most everything I just said, by the way. Like, like it's, uh, it, it, it causes frustration. Even, so even last night, I came home. It's a busy time right now. There's three friends who are eighth graders who hang out with some neighbor kids of mine. I've had to take them home four times in the last month, okay? And so they come up to me and they're like, hey, Adam, can you take us home? And I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I can't tonight. Uh, I just haven't been home much. And, um, and also, guys, and this is to be honest, I don't want you to start becoming dependent on me, you know? Because, again, sometimes love doesn't always look like love. So I'm kind of challenging them. Like, hey, don't make me your crutch. You know, you got to figure this out. Like, and so. Um, they're like, we don't have a ride home. And I said, it's actually gorgeous weather. You can walk home tonight. And um, so I'm wrestling with this. I go inside. I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, what do I do? They sit across the street in my neighbor's yard facing my house. I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do, I do? And um, my wife's like, I don't really want you to do that. And I'm like, I got to go pick up our kids in like 10 minutes. I'll leave a few minutes early. Um, to go to go get them. Um, so before that happened, I went, I, I talked to Becky and I went over and I was like, Hey guys, if you still want to ride in 30 minutes, I'll take you, I'll take you five minutes early. Cause then I go pick up my kids. And I said, no pressure. You can walk home if you want to, but that's when I'll be ready for you. And even my wife was just like, I don't want you doing this all the time. And I'm like, Nope. I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to take them home tonight. So eight, eight, 15 comes or whatever comes, they come over. It took me six minutes of my time to drop them off. And yet I didn't want to do it. And again, I got to figure out that balance. I said, okay, guys, what's the game plan next time you don't have a way home? You know, and there are eighth graders acting all tough and whatever else. And, um, and it's like, who am I? Like, in our, like but just to, to, uh, just to kind of give myself a pity party for a second, I passed through a mega church. I don't have time to drop off three neighborhood kids. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm above that. I got a master's degree. I don't need to drop off these punk kids four times in a month. You know, I got, I got four kids. We adopted one of those kids. 
I got two gold stars, at least for adopting a kid. I don't need to do this. And it's like, Jesus is like, oh, oof, forgot about the mega church. Oof, forgot about that. Oh, it seems like you're important. Um, well, then um, the greatest will become the least and the least will be the greatest. So you might want to start getting good at a mop and being a cab driver, it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if it doesn't involve sacrifice, God's like, okay, Mr. Pastor, why don't you get off your high and mighty horse and drop these kids off at their house, you know? Whole way I talk their ear off. I'm telling them they should come to church. And they're like, ah, we don't go to church. And I'm like, well, you should come to church with me. You can sit up front with me. And they're like, ah, actually, we're, we're Muslim. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then go to your mosque. And then you still come to church with me. And they're like, oh, we don't go to the mosque. And I'm like, well, then you can come to church with me. <laughs> and so like, they're like, well, well, how do we get there? And I'm like, uh, I could probably have a friend pick you guys up. I mean, like, and they're like, they got out and it was so cool. They get out of the car and in their own way, they all said, thank you. I rolled my window down and they all gave me fist bumps. And I said, again, I'm not your cab driver, but I'm glad I could take you home tonight. And uh, again, it should involve sacrifice. If it doesn't, it's not love. I think another thing that uh, that is also present whenever it comes to loving other people, especially whenever it comes with reaching across the aisle to love people or people that oh you disagree with, is uh, at some point you're going to be misunderstood and people are going to think, oh, you're endorsed, which happened to Jesus literally all the time. What's helped you become more comfortable with just being misunderstood? Oh, my gosh. That is the one of the best questions. If you haven't been misunderstood, again, I would say you are not following Jesus. And uh, you shouldn't try to be misunderstood. And you also shouldn't be lightning rods. We got a lot of people who love to be lightning rods. I can't understand that. I'm a people pleaser. I try to do everything to avoid lightning rods and vi- lightning just in general. Lightning could kill you. And so but some people are just lightning rods, kind of setting that, that person aside because I don't think that's, that's Jesus to be a lightning rod. Um, you are going to be misunderstood. Jesus was misunderstood all the time. All the time. Uh, and it actually, like, as far as like, am I a deep Christian? Just to talk for that person. Um, have you been misunderstood? I would say you're not deep. But Adam, I read the Bible in the Greek. <laughs> Oh, oh, I didn't know you're educated. You're still not deep. You're shallow. What? Yeah, you're very shallow. No, I'm a professor of the New Testament. And you've never been misunderstood. Nope. Shallow. Like, again, like, we just have such a weird, twisted version of deep and whatever. Um, You're going to be misunderstood. And how I've gotten okay with it, because I'm a high people pleaser, is realizing that, that Jesus is misunderstood that um, if I'm doing things right, I'm going to be misunderstood. Um, in those moments, I'm, my heart is close to Jesus. Um, in those moments, God is our defender because uh, you're going to have people talking about you if you're misunderstood. In the, and then also, you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to be misunderstood because you spoke wrongly. So that's kind of a different thing. You know, like you say something foolish and it wasn't of Jesus, you're going to be misunderstood because you were mis. You said it badly. Thankfully, God covers us, and there's forgiveness and grace. Um, but, but in the other area, like I often wonder, um, do I have any friends that people would would question who I am if I hung out with them? 
And if I don't, that's a problem. And again, we, we just have the, one of the things our world is so weird. We've lost the ability to, to agree to disagree. One of our thing, I think it's an, a thing of another generation. It's like, where did that element of, where did that go? Like, I mean, even outside the church and society, it's this weird thing. Um, we are going to be misunderstood. Now, that doesn't give us permission to put ourselves in situations where we have temptation. If you struggle with alcohol, you don't need to be misunderstood because you hang out at a bar, not the place for you to go. Um, or misunderstood by hanging out with a beautiful single woman late at night and they're married. Like, uh, that's not misunderstood. Yeah. That's stupidity. And um, so I think there's being wise, but um, I, I hope that people would question who I am um, because of the friends that I hang out with and the, the people that I want to get to know. And um, yeah, just that's, that's just a really wonderful question. Um, and it doesn't change anything about, it actually makes me more solid in my relationship with Jesus. You know, I think there's that, that being misunderstood and slowly I'm changing my, my, my theology and relationship with God. And maybe all roads lead to Rome and all this kind of stuff. That's a different thing than no, like I believe Jesus is Lord and savior. And because of those things, I'm going to be friends with that person and that person and that person and that person. Mm -hmm. And in the subtitle, you talk about loving different and difficult people. What have, what have you learned about, you know, engaging in, in conversations with people who are different than you or even just really difficult to be around? Oh my gosh. Because I think when, everybody's got somebody. Everybody's, everybody's oh. got someone like that to where it's just like, man, I can't win with this person or whatever that might be. Including me. I mean, like, um, I think the different person, we should be quick to grab coffee with people. Um, even in social distance world, grab coffee and stay six feet apart or seven feet apart. But uh, genuinely, um, do we have friends with people who disagree with us? Um, do people who disagree with us, do they still respect us? Um, if the answer is no, that's a problem. And so I think with the different person, I think just getting to know them and asking them questions and sitting with them and meeting them on their turf and not, not asking them questions to debate, just asking their questions to understand, you know, asking them questions just to hear. And um, even racially, I think that's such a huge step that we can take is just, hey, tell me your story. And then here's my story. Sam Collier, who you had on your, um, on your podcast, he, he said something so great. He said, and he's got an interesting perspective. He's like, I think black people misunderstand white people and white people misunderstand black people. He's like, it's a communication type thing. I thought that was so wise and powerful coming from Sam. I think that's not just a racial thing. I think that's a human thing mm-hmm. of just misunderstanding people. And, um, I, I think even with the, with the person who's different, find the common ground, find the common ground. Even as Christians, we love doing this. Like, I love this, Bur- this Bethel worship song. What did you hear about Bethel? They believe in X, Y, and Z. I mean, I don't know if I can listen to their music anymore because they're kind of Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. <gasps> One time I heard a sermon about Bethel and I just don't know if I can jive with them anymore. So Bethel's done what you agree on 95% of things, but because of the 5% on non-essential issues, you can't listen to their worship album anymore. I mean, like we're horrible. 
well, have you heard about Stephen Furtick? I mean, I'm just not really into elevation worship because uh, Stephen Furtick, I heard some things. Uh, okay, he might not be your go-to podcast, but what? You can't do it. We, 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 we look for the yeah. things we disagree on, even within similar branches of the church. Instead of saying, gosh, we agree on this, this, and this, and God's doing some amazing things through them. And uh, in seminary, I went to an amazing seminary. Down the street was a large, large church called Southland Christian, one of my favorite churches on the planet. That church would get criticized in seminary classes all the time. And I just like, I one time I just kind of like, hey guys, have you heard about all the amazing things they're doing? No, they're doing some amazing things. And I began to list off all the amazing things. And I was like, none of our churches can do those things. And it was just like we were throwing hand grenades instead of finding common ground and cheering people on. So I think that's the different, the difficult with some people, with loving some people, it's genuinely the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives within us. I mean, we need to ask for the Holy Spirit's help to love our mother-in-law, to love our neighbor, our coworker. It's like everything they do just annoys us. God, I need the same power that raised you from the dead to live inside of me. There's other times we need to have hard conversations. That's a, sometimes, again, sometimes love doesn't look like love. And so it means, hey, that's not okay. Hey, that hurt me. Hey, like I need boundaries. Hey, you can't call me at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, so sometimes love doesn't look like love. And then there's another time when there's, there's a person that's genuinely harmful or toxic. And um, with that person, uh, Gary Thomas wrote a book on toxic relationships. It's one of the most fascinating books. He talks about, I can't remember how many times he studied all the times that Jesus kind of washed his hands and walked away from people. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never knew Jesus did that so many times. And sometimes we just need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, just as uh, we're getting to the end of our time. What's the difference that you've seen in yourself of just taking this journey of just learning to trying to love everybody? Another great question. Um, I've seen so many differences in myself. I mean, this process has genuinely transformed me. Uh, so again, a couple of years ago, I went through a really hard, broken season. And um, what I decided to do is anytime... Um, each morning, one of the things I, I regularly pray is help me to find one day to got one person today that I can love, that I can go out of my way to love. So that's been one of my prayers. That part of things has changed. The other thing that I've tried to do is anytime I'm anxious, anytime that I'm struggling with something, I, um, I try to look for a tangible way to love people. And so if I'm anxious, I'll do that. Let me grab one thing here just to explain myself. Yeah. So Christmas Eve, this last Christmas Eve, it is Christmas Eve day, and I'm miserable. Usually when I'm anxious, I'm focused on me, myself, and I, and so I'm anxious, and I'm just like worrying about me, worrying about shallow things that don't matter, and so Christmas Eve, that's where I'm at. I'm about to preach like seven services, and I'm miserable. So miserable that I go home in the middle of the day before the first service. And I'm just like, what can I do, God? Help me to see one bray. And I just felt like God, I was just like, I just want to tell people that they're loved by God. 
So I get this idea. I'm like, I'm going to go sit at one of the busiest intersections. It's one of the off ramps on our interstate. And I'm going to hold a sign like a homeless person would. So I text, I text um, the, my first full-time hire at the church. And uh, he's still on years later. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go sit at this intersection off the interstate with a sign that says, I don't need anything. I just wanted you to know God loves you so much. Even on your worst day, God is still crazy about you. Merry Christmas. And so um, I text him that I'm going to do this. And his first text message said, you're insane. And then his, his second text message said, it was followed immediately. He said, go do it, exclamation point. So I make my sign and uh, I get to the intersection. I'm sitting in my car, kind of parked. And I'm just like, this is the worst idea I've ever had. Who in their right mind is doing this? Everybody's getting off of work for, for Christmas vacation. I make my sign. I can't back out of it because I've already told Travis. And he told me I'm insane, but I need to do it. So I forced myself out there. And um, so I started doing it. And um, first off, I think half of my church drove by me. Secondly, I got offered probably $300 in an hour. And um, thirdly, I, couldn't, I can't believe the impact that it had. Mm-hmm. A person I didn't know took a picture of me and posted it on Facebook. It went crazy. Um, a tough guy in his pickup truck um, rolled his window down. And at first, he was really tough looking. He read my thing and he said, thanks, man. I really needed to know that today. I had two old ladies blow me kisses. And um, I think what's changed in me is just the willingness to say yes to the still small voice of God, even if I think it's crazy. And also, um, John in the Bible said, when we love one another, his love is made perfect within us. That applies to the other persons. They can see the perfect love of God inside of us. But it also applies to us. When we love one another, his love is made perfect within us. And that's why it feels so good when we love somebody. Our heart is so close to the heart of Jesus in those moments when we're serving with no strings attached. Um, and the last thing I've learned during this process is, uh, so I've written two books. I got a podcast, a church. Um, I think the greatest ministry at the end of my life won't be me preaching on a stage. It might be me in a street corner holding a sign. It might be me baking cookies for random places and giving them out. It might be getting a basketball hoop for my neighbor kids that don't have a basketball hoop or dropping off three punk eighth graders at their house um, or loving my wife and kids. I think, I think those are going to be the things that God says, uh, hey, Adam, you got really confused. Uh, the things that you thought were big things like big ministry, important ministry were actually really small. And the things that you thought were really small, those are actually the really big things. And um and those are the things that I'm well pleased in. Thanks for writing this book, Adam. But, you know, it, it did some, some really neat things and whatever. But the things that I th- I'm most pleased that you did is you went five minutes earlier and you dropped those kids off. Um, on Christmas Eve, I'm so grateful you preached the message about Jesus being Savior. Um, but I'm even more thankful that you were a fool and you told a bunch of people that even on their worst day that I still love them. Yeah. Wow. Well. 
Adam, I know people are going to want to pick up the book and hear the stories of the people who have shaped you on your journey and helped you be, um, help you just love other people better. And so if people want to find the book, if they want to continue to learn from you, where's the best place for people to go to do those things? Yeah. So you can get the the book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, wherever. Um, you can find me. Um, my website is adamweber.com. On socials, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. I'd be honored, humbled, thrilled to hear from anybody who gets a copy of the book. So, um, Caleb, again, thanks for the work you do, man. And know God's using you in some awesome ways. And just the time with you has been really sweet. Definitely. It's been a joy. And just thanks again. Thanks again for doing the hard work of learning this stuff so you could just share it with other people as well. Oh, well, I'm a work in progress. I'm not the example to follow a guy named Jesus. Uh, well thanks again for being on the podcast is adam such a great guy absolutely love this conversation that we got to have together and i highly encourage you to go pick up pick up his book love has a name and subscribe to his podcast the conversation as well and if you enjoyed this episode the best way to make sure you don't miss a single episode is by subscribing on whatever podcast player you use whatever that platform may be And uh, if you have any suggestions or if you'd love certain topics or people that you'd love to hear on this podcast, feel free to reach me at my Instagram handle, which is at Caleb J. Mason. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear some of the things that you're learning about, some of the things that you're learning from, and some of the people that you're learning about and learning from as well. You know, on this podcast, we truly want to create a safe place to have a dangerous conversations is the conversations that you're not sure that you can have with somebody else because you're afraid of what their response by me or you don't feel like they might be open to having those types of conversations and that's what we want to do here in the podcast we want to have those types of conversations on here because we truly believe that we can learn from anyone and from everyone from anything and from everything and that's what we want to continue to do to do here on the learner's corner thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.